It is Encounter with God here on The Breakfast Show this morning. We're about to get into our question, our quiz question, and after that we are going to have text messages, find out what you had to say. After that we have our Bible study. It's coming from Zachariah. I can't wait to get into it. Fill in the blank. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will blank, blank, and receive you to myself. If you know what those blanks are, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Again, that question was, well, it's a fill in the blank. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will blank, blank, and receive you to myself. 0491-064-669. This is your second last chance to get into the Days of Daniel board game giveaway, the draw that we're doing coming up around 8.45. So be prepared for that. Again, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will blank blank and receive you to myself. All right, heading over to text messages right here, the anti-abortion bill. This is the one in the United States. It would have to be one of the greatest bills passed if it passes. Imagine how many children would be saved. Amazing that Australia is among the nations you mentioned. Were they not communist countries in the majority? I'd have to double-check on that one, but they were a mixture of... Mostly like... Communist countries and and Islamic... Yeah, dictatorships. Yeah. Yeah, dictatorships. Uh, that's, the, that's, that's the word. That's, I think they had all of that in common, the common except, thread. For, except for Australia and the United States. Uh-huh. They were totalitarian dictatorships. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing that Australia is among the nation. Uh, were they not? Uh, sorry. Shame on Australian politicians. All right, freedom of speech. What they mean is that we lost the freedom to speak truth, not to speak lies. We didn't lose the freedom to speak lies. We lost the freedom. This is so true. Mm. So the new definition is freedom to lie. Mm-hmm. Truly Satan's kingdom is now here, but we know what comes next. Don't despair. Mm. And we see this over and over and over again where we are now teaching our children and giving them, you know, actually creating policies mm-hmm. for our children, teaching them to lie to their parents, mm. actively teaching them how we, we send them to school and our school teachers teach them how to lie. Mm. That's the world we live in right now. Okay, somebody says, it's Friday again. Where did the week go? I know, right? The good news is that it's Sabbath soon. Amen. Happy Sabbath. This is the thing I love about the Sabbath. I get a day off guilt-free. Mm. You know, if I take Sunday off and just relax and sleep in and do nothing, mm. all the things that I need to be getting done are going around and around and around and around in my mind and they start to stress so me out. So true. When yeah, I take Sabbath oh, off, those things never enter my they head. They disappear. Because God said, don't do it. Stressed. I, I just They just never enter my head. Mm. I, it's just like the best thing ever. I'm uh, looking forward to a Sabbath spent up at Stewart's Point. On the well, up at Yarra Happening in the in the uh, in the campground. Oh, you got your church camp on this weekend? No, no, my church camp's on in a few weeks. This is well, a, a university ministry summit. Oh, so all yes. the different people who are doing university ministry from across Australia are coming. We've got people coming down from Brisbane, people coming out from Melbourne, um, some other people coming from other places. But yeah, really, really looking forward to it. Even our gut is marvelous, marvelously made. How can oh, we so not true. believe in the creation God? The God, how can we not believe in the creation God is beyond me? Creation of God is beyond me. Mm. Imagine our whole body, every organ is beyond comprehension. Scientists who don't believe in God have no excuses left. 
Mm. So they put out this massive scholarship out there for anyone who can figure out how these bacteria evolved mm. because they have to come up with something. That's so true. That's amazing. And then we have listening from Townsville. Have a wonderful day. That one's from Deanne. Deanne, thank you so much for the encouragement. We appreciate Shout everything. out Townsville. Yeah, shout out Townsville. Just going for it up there. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to our Bible study time, Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6. And what we're talking about today is distractions. Mm. So the story behind Zechariah and Haggai is that they these were the two prophets who were guiding Zerubbabel during the rebuilding of the temple. Mm-hmm. So the Jewish people had been in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. They were released from that Babylonian captivity by Cyrus the Great. A portion of them decided to go back to Jerusalem, which was just a pile of rocks mm-hmm. and weeds and trees. You can imagine the size of a tree that grows in 70 years in ruins. That's a decent-sized tree. Sure. And so this is what Jerusalem looked like. They were going to go back there. They were going to leave their comfortable homes in Babylon mm-hmm. where they had been made exiles and they had, as a result of having Jewish people in very, very high positions of influence in the Babylonian Empire, they hadn't done so bad for themselves. Mm. They were going to leave that behind. They were going to leave a nation, a culture that they had grown up with. Yeah. Because what you've got to recognise is that most of the people were going back were born in Babylonia. Mm. They'd never been born. Most of them going back had not been born in Israel. Mm. And so they're leaving their, their homeland, their culture, their comfort, everything to go and rebuild a pile of rocks that was overgrown with weeds, and they begin by building the temple. They have specific specific instructions uh, from Cyrus the Great, giving them the opportunity to go back and to rebuild that particular temple. And so that's what they start to do. Mm-hmm. And that would be tough. That would be discouraging. That would be hard work. They have signed up for nothing other than hard work. And in that process, everybody around them gets a bit jealous, gets a bit freaked out, gets a bit worried. The local governors, the local rulers, etc., are like, what are you doing here? Why are you building this? We don't want to ever see Jerusalem again because mm. Jerusalem was one of the most well-fortified cities in the ancient world and a well-fortified position. And whenever Jerusalem existed, well, there was the temptation to say, nobody can break into this city, so we will rebel. And they have this kind of a history of rebelling against the mm. Babylonians and rebelling against the Assyrians and you know trying to be their own independent nation and people don't like that, particularly the Persian governors, they're feeling under threat. And the local Samaritans, of course, like, no, 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 you know, we're we're the people now, not you. Mm. So there's national rivalry, there's racism, there's all kinds of things going on. And so they face over and over again, they face these efforts Mm. to make them stop the work. And at various times, the Persian kings step in like, yeah, we don't really know the history of, what do you you mean you're building a temple? Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to be building a temple. And then they have to go and they have to find the records and they have to dig those out and that's not just a quick Google search. That's go to Persia, go through massive libraries of clay tablets and and papyrus scrolls until you find the one Mm -hmm. that says, yes, you can do this. Then they face attack from time to time, as in physical attack, people trying to kill them. The list just goes on and on. Mm -hmm. This would be so unbelievably discouraging. 
And today's today's Bible study really is all about how do you deal with discouragement? Mm. How do you deal with when you just get hit and hit and hit and hit again? And one of the things that I've noticed about human nature is that our natural reaction to these kinds of discouragements is that, well, one of the natural reactions is to check out. Mm. It's just like, yeah, you know what, I'm flooded right now, I can't handle any more of this, so I'm just going to comfort myself. Oh, totally. And we comfort ourselves by eating, by drinking with uh, pornography, uh, basically anything that will distract our minds mm. and that will entertain music and that will entertain us. We distract ourselves with our addictions. Our addictions is our go-to place when we face these kinds of opposition over and over again. Mm. Okay, so if that's how we are responding, is that a healthy response? Obviously, that is not a healthy response. How should we be responding and what should we actually be doing about it? Let's go to Zechariah chapter 4. And I'm wondering, Lawson, if you can read for us verse 6. In Zechariah 4 and verse 6, the Bible said, Then he said to me, this is not... What the this sorry, then the Lord said to me, This is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Okay, so they're trying to push through this. They're, they're being they're being knocked back again and again and again. And God says, Look, it's not by your effort that you're mm. going to succeed in this. My Holy Spirit is involved in this project. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Okay, so what does that tell us about the work of the Holy Spirit in building things? Mm. Well, <laughs> because I, I'm thinking like, oh, they're, they're building and, and constructing a wall, and it's not like God or the Holy Spirit are picking up the pieces of stone and, and putting them in the wall. Uh, that's happening as a result of of human effort, but I can imagine like how stressful this time is. As you said, they found they like received lots of opposition and persecution by the Persian empires around them as a result of their efforts to rebuild the temple and to rebuild the wall. To the point where in the book of Nehemiah, it says that they build the wall with a sword in one hand and a brick in the other. Yeah, pretty much. Like that's how it happened because they they are. So so under threat, and you could imagine how stressful a situation like that could be. Yes. And as we saw yesterday with Saul, his temptation that he fell to was like, oh, you know, it's not happening. Well, I can't perceive it happening in a good way, even if God said it should happen this way. So I'm going to take things into my own hands. And I think here for Zechariah uh, and and talking to Zerubbabel, God talking to Zerubbabel, it's like, hey, don't take things into your own hands to solve it. Like, you're, you're not going to come up with a method that's going to be able to solve this problem. It's by relying on me. It's by using my way and my method, and it's through my strength and power working in you. Mm-hmm. That's how this is going to be achieved. There, there is no human method that you'll come up with that, bam, 
that yep. wall will be built and you'll overcome these obstacles because it's actually impossible. This is an impossible situation. So does God take an interest in the practical things of our life? For instance, when you are fixing your motorbike, when I'm <laughs> fixing my car, when somebody's building a house, because does God take an interest in that? Should we should we pray over those kind of projects? Yeah. Do you like I think we've robbed ourselves to think that he doesn't. Absolutely. We've robbed ourselves of connection with him if we think that God doesn't care about the minutia of our life. Yes. Of course he cares. And, you know, sometimes I think there's this attitude that, you know, the only profession that God cares about are those who are professionally involved in sharing the word of God. You know, the Levites in the Old Testament, uh, the ministers in our day and age, the Bible workers and so forth, because, you know, for you and I talking about Jesus, that's our profession. And so obviously, obviously God is going to be involved in that. And obviously we're going to start work every day with prayer. Mm. But it shouldn't be exactly the same with any profession that is out Mm. there. Doctor, nurse, accountant, tradesman, mm-hmm. panel beater, carpenter, cabinet maker, whatever, plumber. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't it be exactly the same because God takes just as much of an interest in all of those things because he's interested in us? Yeah, 100%. He is interested in seeing you do a good job and receiving success. Like, think about Israel as well. Like, God gave them sp- uh, specific instruction on how they should deal with their land. And how they should give it rest and so crops would grow better. Like, he cared about getting food on the table of Israelites. Um, but furthermore, like, as you bring up people working and having the ability to pray, I feel like what focuses that and why it would be that we would call out to God to help us to do the various work that we have to do is when we realize that our work and the work that we do can be such a witness to people. Okay, so if we're working in a particular profession that is not a profession that is directly involved in sharing the Word of God, so we're Mm. not a Bible worker, we're not a preacher, we're not a pastor, we're not a breakfast show host, whatever it might be on a Christian station, we're just involved in everyday work and we come under all kinds of pressure and we try to solve those problems and they start to get too big for us Mm. and our business is struggling or even going broke. Mm. How should we respond to that? Yeah, <laughs> from a spiritual perspective, by seeking the Lord. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. And so often, that's kind of the last place that we go. Mm. And the Bible so study true. brings out a few different ways that we often deal with it as Christians. So this is looking at it from from the perspective of as a Christian, and talks about the substitutes that we often bring in mm. when the pressures of life break down our connection with God. Because mm. let's face it, when you're under pressure, it is hard to maintain that connection with God. Sure. If you are under pressure in your business, in your trade, in your profession, if the boss is on your back, if there are deadlines that need to be met, if there are KPIs that need to be you know, accomplished, if that pressure is on, then it is difficult to maintain your connection with God. And so often it's so easy to let that connection slip and replace that connection with something that is... Yeah. Just a substitute, just easier. And just a distraction, you know, totally. So the, the, the lesson guide points out three different substitutes that are often uh, used. One of them is we use human logic or past experience when we need fresh divine revelation. Mm. And so our relationship with God becomes based on not our relationship with God, but our relationship we once had with God. Mm. And it's a question that you need to ask yourself. 
Do I have a relationship with God or did I once have a relationship with mm. God? And if it is a situation of you once had a relationship with God, then now's the time to get back with God again. Mm. Uh, the second one that the Bible study brings out is that we block the problems from our, from our not, minds when we need divine solutions. And so uh, and we talked about how that we you know just block stuff out, we get flooded, we feel like it's too much, mm. it doesn't solve it. And the third one is we escape reality and avoid God when we need communion with him for mm. divine power. And those mm. are the addictions that we escape to. Mm. What I've noticed, and I'm going to make an observation here that is going to get everybody stirred up. So get ready to get your phone in your hand, get ready to give us a call or send us a text message. But this is what I've noticed, is that one of the primary substitutes that we go to when we need to find a substitute for our relationship with God is entertainment. Mm. It's a great distraction. When your conscience is speaking to you, it's a great way to silence the conscience and feel comfortable again Mm. is to go to entertainment. Mm -hmm. And it's even more attractive if you can make that entertainment the kind of entertainment that is got a spiritual tw- twist to it. Mm. Okay, so let me let, follow follow me through on this. Hear me out. So it's like, well, I'm a Christian, so I'm not going to go to worldly entertainment. But I just, you know, I need to have something here because I just don't have that connection with God right now. And so, what can I fill that hole with? And we're going to desperately try and fill that hole with whatever we can. And we're going to often become obsessed by filling that God-shaped hole with something. And it's like, well, I've got to fill it with God. Oh, this is a great thing to fill it with. This is kind of connected to God. Okay, so we fill it with God-connected entertainment. Mm. None of which in and of itself is bad, mm-hmm. except that it becomes a substitute. And I've seen this over and over again as a, as a minister, as a pastor. This is one of those things that you see in your congregation. 100%. And here's how it works. And it's universal across Christianity. So you ready to send me some nasty text messages? Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's, here, here we go. If you're on the left of Christianity, this is what you're going to fill your life with when you are lacking a connection with God. Mm. Music. Mm. Music is an entertainment. Mm. Music and worship. You're going to fill your mind with music and worship, and that music and worship is going to become a substitute for a real connection. Mm. Is music powerful? Yes, there are you know musicians out there, artists who are worth billions of dollars. This is something that people are going to go for. Is that entertainment? Absolutely it is entertainment. Mm. Is it wrong to have good Christian music in church? No. No. But when you are going there for the entertainment, that is wrong. Mm. That's the left of Christianity. You know where the right of Christianity goes? Where does it go? Conspiracy theories. Nice. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I totally agree with the previous point, though, as well. I could, I could. I'm br- glad you said as well. I'm. I could bring up examples on both sides, like that I've personally experienced that I've seen people go through, like 100. percent And it's ultimately you just find hills to die on that aren't Calvary. Like, you just go everywhere else except Jesus and the cross. Uh, yeah, I love the music one because, oh, man, it's the saying The saying that I, I've heard people say, and I've definitely felt this way as well, 
where you know spiritual decline is happening is, oh, like, yeah, my favorite part of the worship is the music. My favorite part of the worship is the music, but I'm, you know, I'm not super interested in listening to the sermon. Or, like, I don't really connect with God through reading the Bible. As soon as you hear words like that, it's like, you have you don't have a connection with God. You have an entertainment. You're going there for entertainment. That's, that's right. It. And again, we don't want to say that you can't connect with God through music. You you can have an experience like that, but God is calling us to be following Him in spirit and in truth. And where do we find that in His Word and in prayer? And this is the key thought. Okay, so I'm going to come back and I'm going to expound on this some more. But right now, I'm going to give you a bit of a break to digest that and to mm. send me some text messages. Mm. 0491-064-669, or send us, I should say. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. This is the question. Who described himself as a man of unclean lips? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Of course, the more answers that you get in, the more chances you have of winning the quiz. So this is also valuable to any of you guys who have been answering throughout the week and are gunning to get our prize for this week. But again, that question was, who described himself as a man of unclean lips? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text, and we'll be making our draw in just 15 minutes' time. Okay, so we've talked about music here a moment ago as being uh. one of those uh, issues which can be a distraction, which can mm-hmm. be a substitute for true worship, mm-hmm. uh, which can be a substitute for a true connection with God. Sure. Uh, it, it's very clear when you look around our world that music is a form of entertainment. Yep. Nobody's going to question that. <laughs> yeah. There are lots, of, there are millions and millions and millions of dollars that are spent on music every year. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying just music, but, you know, the worship experience. And people talk about, use the word worship these days. <sighs> to speak about song service. Mm. I mean, I'm not a great singer, so for me worship is the sermon, but <laughs> uh, I'm just sort of the opposite way around that way. Mm. And uh, But that's kind of how it has, you know, you have worship leaders. Mm. And they're not your preachers, they're your singers. Yeah. It's so queer, a bit bizarre. I, I would say the thing is, is that in regards to worship, like the way that we live our lives is to worship. Like everything, everything is worship. Like, you know, why, why do we need to use the phrase, we need more worship in the service. And it's like, aren't we worshiping God by yeah, which reading part of, which, word? which part of the, which part of the service is not worship? Yeah. But hey, and, and this is not coming from a person who's anti-music as well. Like, no, I'm, you're the musician in I'm, the studio. I'm like a musician. I'm like a quote-unquote worship leader at my church. Like, I'm going to be, uh, as I said, I'm going up to a conference on how to do uni ministry this weekend, and I'm worship leading. Like, I am playing guitar <laughs> and singing. But I can totally right, so here's your, here's your task. Here's your task is to introduce everybody and say, hey, I'm the worship leader. Yeah. Um, but you need to understand that worship is not the part that I'm going to be doing. Mm. It's part of what I'm going to be doing. The whole weekend is worship. Amen. Yes. Amen. But yeah, it's how it's, we live our lives. It's, I just want to put that point across because it's like obviously music is something that I love and enjoy. But again, if anything, it just makes it clear to me through my own personal anecdotal experience. Like, of course, it can be a distraction and get in the way of our relationship with God. Okay, so the left of Christianity goes to worship when they need a substitute. Mm-hmm. The right of Christianity goes to conspiracy theories when they need a substitute. Yeah. Are conspiracy theories entertainment? Yes, incredibly. 
Yes. So when you look at the world, here's what you find. You have two big entertainment categories within the world, and that is your basically emotion, your TV, your uh, movies and those kind of things. And pretty much every single show out there has a conspiracy running through it. That, yep. That's what makes the story. Mm-hmm. Find one that doesn't. Mm. So conspiracies are entertainment. Mm-hmm. Then your other big side of entertainment is your music industry. Mm-hmm. Music is entertainment. Both of these are entertainment. Mm-hmm. So we've had this whole question of you love to sing, you mm-hmm. love to play the guitar, you were sitting here playing the guitar during the song break <laughs> and just singing away and having a great time and you're going to be doing that all weekend and you are super looking forward to it, For sure. which I would look forward to about as much as poking myself in the eye with a screwdriver. <laughs> oh, wow. But I love conspiracy theories. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Mm. I research those things all day long. Yeah. So is that in and of itself a bad thing? Uh, No, I don't think so. I think that knowing things that are going on in our world, obviously we live in a world that is full of sin and lies. You better not say it's a bad thing because I like doing it. Lies, like we live in a world full of like sin and lies and deception. So of course conspiracies exist. Can it be, an, can it, can it be a distraction from a connection with God? 100%. Yes. It's a form of truth-seeking that can be so godless. It's entertainment. Ooh, say that again. It's a form of truth-seeking that can be so godless. I need to say no more. <laughs> And uh, we need to understand that these things, both of them are good Mm -hmm. because your conspiracy theories, what you're actually studying is end-time events Mm -hmm. focused on Bible prophecy, Mm -hmm. looking at where our world is at in Mm -hmm. relationship, and you're looking at some of those conspiracy theories and saying, that's rubbish. Mm -hmm. You know, for instance, man didn't go to the moon. You can look at that and say, that's that's rubbish. That's a rubbish conspiracy theory. Mm. But you look at some of the other ones out there and like, yep, that fits in Bible prophecy. That fits in there. That fits in there. The Catholic Church assassinated Abraham Lincoln. Yep. The- <laughs> I'm not going to argue that one. You get me, you, I'll give you the whole history on the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Um, <clears throat> let's get started on, 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 uh, on Kennedy. That one's even more interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but you know we can we can we can become distracted by good totally. parts of serving God, mm. and this is one of the things that we need to recognize as human beings is that the devil will do anything to to break us from our connection with God so that we don't actually have mm. a connection with God, and uh, we can be doing good things and looking at what we are doing and saying I am doing this because this is a godly thing to do and it might be a godly thing to do while losing our connection with God. Mm. And that's what this Bible study is really all about in so many ways. Okay, let's see what you had to say. I haven't even read these text messages yet to see whether people have crucified me yet or not. All right, let's see. Uh, Okay, so this one comes from Braden. He says, I had this experience regarding God and prayer last night. It was only a simple task. I was removing something on my car and it wasn't coming off, so I prayed and the next time I tried, it came off. God is there for us in the small and the large. Praise Mm. God. Then we've got this one says, I agree with both sides. Both are a distraction and both are centered on feelings. Mm. And we know that our feelings are not to be trusted unless you are talking about our conscience, the Holy Spirit, which is drowned out by entertainment. Mm. Okay. Then we have this one here. Did we read the one about 
Yeah, we read that one. Okay, I totally agree with your sentiments, Lyle. The other side of the coin is those who have a relationship with Christ and love music and Christian entertainment can benefit from them also. In my case, between Bible study and ministry work, I spend six to eight hours a day. Let me assure you that my relationship is pretty good, but I still need time to relax. That's so true. Yeah, Jesus did that, didn't he? We are not against Christian music or conspiracy theories or relaxation or taking time. Like we are very pro those things, but are they are those things standing in the way of our relationship with God? That's the question we're asking this morning. Okay, this one is an interesting one. It says the great controversy. It's the great controversy between Christ and Satan, which is the theme from Genesis to Revelation. Mm -hmm. Uh, The great controversy is the greatest conspiracy ever. It's real and true. Appreciate exactly where you're coming from. Personal time with God resolves the problem. Yes, that's what brings us back into balance. Mm. And so if we feel, okay, am I going to uh, the, the, the music entertainment or the conspiracy entertainment, the left or the right on this, and I'm getting out of balance, and you're asking yourself the question, is, is that where I'm at? If that question is going through your head, then the way to answer that question is to spend time with Jesus. Amen. Yeah, some personal time with Jesus. Then we have Julia sending this through. I have been a culprit in finding solace in music. Mm. Though I wasn't taking it as entertainment. But of late God has really helped has really helped me in in a way that even if I receive bad news or get discouraged, unless I tell it to him first and present whatever the issue is to God in prayer and read his word, I will not talk about it to anyone. Mm. If I have to anyway, I have learnt to give God first preference. Mm, Julia, that's that's a really interesting one. Take it to God first. That's where Zechariah and Haggai, Mm. both of them, took their problems to God first and then they took it to others. That text message of the day right there, Julia. Well done. Thank you for sending that through. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Oh, welcome back, everybody. It is time for us to find a winner for this week's prize. We're going to spin the wheel, have some answers for our quiz questions. Correct, correct. We will get into spinning the wheel right now. We are ready to go. Oh, and you guys, you can hear it turning. It's slowing down. That was that was a quick, quick slowdown on the wheel. And we have a, we have a winner. We have a winner. We will try to get them on the phone. Let's make our way through some of the answers to the questions here. Who sought to destroy the Jews in the time of Queen Esther? That was Haman. What was the name of the man whose ear Peter cut off? That was Malchus. This was the question I was kind of taunting taunting you guys with. What did the dove bring back to Noah? It was an olive branch. I remember, yeah, being a, a wee a wee kindergartner sitting in sitting in school watching a cartoon about how the dove flew in with an olive branch. Uh, Fill in the blank, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And finally, who who described himself as a man of unclean lips? That was Lyle Southwell. No, I'm just kidding. That was Isaiah the prophet, which is an incredibly interesting story. If uh, if you want to read it, he's like going around. He's he's telling everyone, "Woe is you! Woe is you! You guys are so lame and terrible, and you don't follow God." And then he himself gets transported to heaven. He sees the glory and the majesty of God, and he says, "Woe is me, for I am a man." of unclean lips. That has been all the answers. But, hey, we're trying to get our winner on the phone, but we don't have the ability to. 
Uh, we'll keep trying. We should probably do question of the day while, we're, while, we, while we continue to try. Yeah, let's get into it right now. It is time for... Question of the day. All right, Lala, question of the day today is, from the Bible, how do we know there are other worlds? Hebrews 1 verse 2. All right. Problem solved. Yep. There, there you know. Okay, so let me, way, read, let me read you some passages here. <laughs> okay, so Hebrews chapter 1, uh, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in past time to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Notice here, this is a passage that is not talking about the stars. Throughout mm. the Bible, you find that the Bible speaks often about the stars. What's interesting here is that for the ancients, Everything that they saw in the night sky was just twinkly dots, mm. you know. And and many of the ancients were like, "Yeah, you know, this big blanket that just comes over, over the universe, and that blanket is a bit moth-eaten and has a bunch of holes in it, and that's the light coming through." You know, there's different ideas back then, but here the Bible's like, "No, you know, a bunch of those dots that you see out there, they're not actually stars; they're planets." Mm. The Bible differentiates between stars and planets whereas there was no science in those days that could do so. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, once again, the Bible says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the Bible is crystal clear that there are not just stars out there, but mm. there are planets as well. You know, it's only been in the last 20 years or so, 20, 30 years, that we have actually been able to discover planets outside of our solar system. Mm. Yeah, the Bible spoke about it a couple of thousand years ago when the book of Hebrews was written. What's more, the Bible also speaks about the life that exists on those planets. Mm. So we have, you know, a lot of people, you know, wanting to ask the question, you know, is there such a thing as, you know, life outside of planet Earth? And once again, the answer is yes, according to the Bible. Uh, so in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10, the Bible says, then God would use the church to show, to show the powers and authorities in the spiritual world there is many different kinds of wisdom. So the Bible says there is a spiritual world out there as well as a physical world that we get to see. In chapter 6, verse 12, the Bible says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Mm. And when the Bible uses the word heavenly places, it's a reference to the cosmos. It's not heaven itself, but places Plural. Uh, then continuing on uh, from there, we find this one in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 9, where the Bible says, For I think that God has set forth us, the apostles, last, as it were appointed to death. And watch this one, Lawson. For we are made a spectacle to the world, that's mm-hmm. people living on this planet, and to angels, mm-hmm. people living in heaven, and to men. Who are they? Because we've already mentioned those living on this earth. So it starts at this earth, it then goes up the rung to angels, and then it goes up another rung and calls them men. Interesting stuff. Uh, if we go to Revelation chapter 12, uh, verse 7 through 12, we find out this statement. The Bible says, A war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil of Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, Mm. 
Notice the word heavens is plural. That's a word that references the universe. Therefore rejoice, O universe, and you who lives in the universe. Not you who lives in heaven, not you who lives on earth, but this passage encompasses people who are living in the whole universe. Mm. goes on, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows he has a short time. So there's a bunch of verses right there where the Bible speaks about other worlds and the inhabitants, inhabitants of those other worlds. Are they all inhabited? I think not. But are some of them? I think so. Well, no, I don't think so. The Bible says so in the clearest possible language. All right, do we have our winner on the phone? Were we able to get our winner? On? We're not able to get our winner on the phone. That's kind of she's a bit sad. just starting work, but I did get to talk to her, and she's over the moon. She's very excited. Yeah, ah, shout out Sky, yes, fantastic She's got a job. young son, and yeah, they're going to have some fun. Oh, cool! And, and then, do, do we have an invite? Yeah, you, you didn't oh, check whether we have an well, invite. Yeah, she's only like two hours away, so we could probably we could just that sneak out. up there. Yes. We're just amazing. Rock up, knock on the door. Yeah. We're here for games night. We're hungry. I hope you have vegan food. Um, and we're here for board games. <laughs> but amazing, fantastic job. She's been faithfully answering quiz questions. like And a faithful contributor to the show. Often that's Often contributes right. to the show, has good comments to send through. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love listening. We love hearing from our listeners. Mm. In fact, while I'm talking about hearing from our listeners, the question that we just answered was the last one in our backlog. We are now down to no questions. Yes. So send, send your Bible questions more. through. We need more. Mm-hmm. We need questions for next week. If you don't send your questions through, then we have nothing for question of the day on Monday. Okay, so our number to call mm. is or text is 0491-064-669. Shoot us a text message. Give us a call. Send your questions through for question of the day. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.